Well, good morning, 10 a.m. How you doing this morning? Good to see you out on this confusing weather day. So good to see you. My name is Jarrett Stevens. I'm one of the lead pastors here and I uh, love what God is doing in this church, in this season of our church. And uh, I, I'm excited to get into the message. We're going to go deep, but pretty quick today. We're going to be moving through some, I think, deep spiritual concepts um, at a pretty quick click. So I'm so excited to dive into that. Before I get into the message, though, I do want to give us a chance to do uh, something we regularly do here, and we do it every week when we gather, and lots of us do it uh, online when we're not in this space, but we want to give you a chance to respond to God's goodness in your life. Um, we take a moment to do that every time we gather to remind us that we need to have a different perspective about our life and our stuff, that when we look over the landscape of our life and we begin to recognize that it's all actually a gift from God, something wells up within us, we want to say, thank you, God. And so this is a way that we do that. We give of our resources back to God. And the primary thing that God does when we do that is he grows you up. He just grows you up in, in ways that, honestly, you won't know until you trust him this way. And for those who are faithful to give and respond to God, whether here or some other way that they're giving back to God, they would tell you, God has been so faithful in growing me up. And it's also when you do that, it does things like it, it makes space for stories like Lewis and Irving's, for people to find God through this particular church and to see their whole lives transformed by him. You have no idea when you are just a little act of trust and, and faithfulness what God does with that. And so that's why we joyfully, regularly give back to God. And so I'm going to ask our amazing host team to come forward right now, and they are going to uh, give you a chance to do that old school. So we have three ways we give, buckets. You can do it that way. And then we also, the majority of our church gives online. So if you want to be one of the cool kids, that's how we do it. And uh, also then you can text in to give. Maybe you're like, oh, I just kind of want to see how this works. You can text in to give. That's a great way to do it. As they are giving you that chance to respond to God, I want to ask you a question. I want you to really think about this, okay? So you're going to have to like multitask, all right? I want you to think about this. When was the last time that you were really like lost, geographically lost? I'm not talking about in life. I'm talking about on a road, <laughs> all right? When was the last time you were really, truly lost? Like you didn't know where you were going. When's the last time you just were stuck and had no idea how to get to where you wanted to go? Totally lost. It's been a minute, hasn't it? It's been, we don't really get lost anymore, do we? You're like long gone are the days of the origami maps that we would keep in our glove box. Millennials, y'all don't even know what we had to do to get somewhere in the past, right? Long gone are the days of pulling over and asking a random stranger how to get where you want to go. Those days are gone. Why? Because you carry one of the most powerful pieces of technology in the known world. You have an incredible GPS in your pocket at all times. This just did not exist like this 10, 15 years ago. And so now you never have to be lost with this app, whatever app you use, unless, of course, you're in the loop and then you just kind of like spin around like Dor <laughs> Dorothy going to Oz. It just doesn't know where you are or where you're going. But you... You get the point, right? You don't ever have to get lost anymore. And one of the most important things does uh, when you open up whatever app you use for a map, the first thing it does is it shows you where you're at. Because that's really what matters most, is actually where you're actually at. And as we're looking at life with God over a long game perspective, how do we walk with God for the whole of our life over the long game? I think it raises a really important question. How can you know where you are going with God if you don't know where you're at? 
How can you possibly know where you're going with God or where God's leading you or what's next if you can't say, this is where I'm at. This is where we're starting from today. And all kinds of things that got me to this moment, but this is where I am today. How do you move forward with God if you don't know where you're starting from? How do you recognize, actually, that this is a long game life with God? And how do you begin to accept where you are at today, except the season that you are actually in. What we're going to be looking at today is how the long game is broken down. It's not broken down by minutes. It's not broken down by months. It's broken down by seasons. And each and every one of us are in a season right now, and it's important for you to know what season you're in. Now, quick question. This is going to involve a little interaction. You're going to raise your hand for this one. We're going to do a little poll in the room, okay? How many of us grew up in the Midwest or have lived here for more than 15 years? Hey, you raise those hands high and proud. Midwesterners, best people on the planet. All right, so that's you. Okay, how many of you have moved here to the Midwest in the last five to 10 years? You were transplanted here for a job. You keep your hands up because I have a follow-up question for you. Why? What were you thinking? You had it so good. Some of you came from places like Florida and California where winter only meant that you had to put socks on. <laughs> Why did you do it? Now listen, I love living in the West. I wasn't born here, but I've been here long enough to call it home. And one of the many things that I love about the Midwest, besides our dynamic landscape, is, <laughs> is that God actually teaches us a powerful spiritual lesson every single year if you pay attention to it. God teaches us something. This is something we have that people in California don't have. We have a spiritual perspective about life, and it is this. Life with God is a long game, and the long game happens in seasons. It happens in seasons. Every year you go through is an invitation from God to remind you of how life actually works. And I remember years ago, one of our teaching pastors, Nancy Beach, gave a message on the seasons of the soul, and I'll never forget it totally transformed my understanding of how life with God works and where I'm at in this particular moment. So I want to kind of take that idea and expand on it just a little bit. And to do that, I want us to just start with a really important text that maybe you're familiar with but haven't looked at it from this long game perspective. So I want you to actually grab a Bible and open to Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. If you have it on your phone or you brought a Bible with you, awesome. If not, turn to page 540 in the Soul City Bible. There's one Cliff mentioned earlier, under your seat or on your armchair thing, uh, you can grab that and open to page 540 in the Soul City Bible. Let me give you some quick context while you're turning there so we understand what part of the story we're coming into. Uh, this uh, book of Ecclesiastes is a book of wisdom. It's one of the wisdom books in the Bible. And it's very similar, if you've ever read any of Proverbs, very similar to Proverbs, the book of Proverbs. Uh, in fact, most scholars agree that the book of Ecclesiastes was most likely written by King uh, Solomon, that he actually wrote this book. And the thing I love about Ecclesiastes that makes it a little different from Proverbs is that it is a little bit more gritty, a little bit more like kind of honest about how life really is, and at times salty. And so like, because he's at a point in his life when he writes this where he's kind of seen and experienced it all. And so he gives us a very human spiritual perspective. And I believe God wants to speak through it today. So Ecclesiastes 3.1 says this. I'm going to pause in a second on a word, and I bet you can figure out which one it is. I want you to shout it back. He says this. There is a time for everything and a what? A season. season. Circle that even if it's not your Bible. There is a season 
For every activity under the sun, there is a time and a season for everything. Maybe you've heard this before. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time from refraining from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear, a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Now, in this beautiful poetic gift of wisdom, you get what Solomon's given us, right? There's a time for everything. There is, in fact, a season for everything, and everything in your life exists within a season. It exists within a particular season, that there are actually chapters to our long game life with God. And what he's trying to help us get and see is that while this chapter may feel like the whole of your story or even the end of your story, you need to be reminded it's just a part. It's a part of the bigger story of what God is actually weaving and writing in your life. Now, again, many spiritual writers talk about this concept as the seasons of the soul, the seasons of the soul. Your soul, and therefore your life, goes through seasons. It experiences all of what Solomon was giving us in Ecclesiastes 3, the highs and the lows, the loves and the losses, the breakdowns and the breakthroughs, all of it. Because the point is, your soul is never stagnant. Let me say that again. Your soul is never stagnant. It is always experiencing what is happening in this now moment. And if it's ever, 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 ever going to connect with God over the long game, you've got to start to recognize the season that you are in. Now, the reason we're talking about this and and why I wanted to kind of give some visual uh, illustrations of this is because the seasons of the soul and the seasons we experience here in the Midwest are similar but not totally the same, okay? Seasons of the soul are unlike seasons in nature because they don't kind of stick to a particular length of time. You know how you can kind of count on the seasons around here to last for anywhere from a a day to six months, but you know how like you kind of know, like we know we're stepping into fall, right? That's not always how it goes with the seasons. You don't know. It could last, a season of your soul could last for months. It could last for years. And the seasons of the soul actually don't follow a sequential order right? You can move from a season of winter to a season of summer. Most important thing, though, is that you know what season you are in, and I want to help you do that over the next couple moments. We're going to walk through this because at the end of this message, I want to give you an opportunity to connect with God maybe in a deeper way than you have in this season, and I want you to think about and reflect on and look for God in the season that you are in. So can we walk through these? I'm going to move kind of quick, so if you are someone who likes to take notes, you know, try and keep up. Let's start with the season that actually kicks off tomorrow. Tomorrow, we actually kick off fall. And so let's start with fall. And you all know what fall is like around here, right? Fall is a time where we start to see transition. We start to see change. The colors of the leaves begin to turn and begin to change. We notice that the days are getting a little bit colder and even a little bit shorter. And this is when they kick in the daylight savings conspiracy every year and make it even worse for us in fall. We all kind of know what fall is like. Fall is God's way of saying winter is coming. (laughs) 
It's a time of transition, transformation, I would even say, through transition. And there are many changes and many transitions in each of our lives. And there are many times where we come into or find ourselves in a season where things are suddenly now not like they were before. We look around our life and go, wait a second, something's changed. It's not the same. Sometimes it's obvious and we can see it on the surface, sometimes a little bit deeper. Maybe for you, uh, the kids have moved out of the house. You're in a transition season where it's just the two of you again. And you're like, it's been a minute since it was just us. You don't need to celebrate that hard. (laughs) They may be watching online, okay? That's a transition. That's a season, right? It's a change. Maybe for you, there was a job that you thought was secure. Maybe it's the whole reason you moved to the city. And that job is changing. That ro- your either role is changing or the job is actually coming to an end. Maybe a relationship that you are in is coming to an end. You didn't see it coming, but you're finding yourself in a season of transition right now. You might be caring for an aging parent, and you are kind of standing in this space of transition. Again, not just changes. All of us have changes in life. These are transitions, and I believe these transitions are actually where God does some of his best transformation in us, from what life was to what it will be. This is often known and are, are spoken of as liminal space. I don't know if you ever heard that phrase before, liminal space. Liminal space is the space between the no longer and the not yet. Can anyone relate to that? The no longer, it's a space between the no longer, it's not what it was, and the not yet. I'm not there yet. This is what it feels like when your soul is in a season of fall. And if there's a primary emotion that we feel in fall, when our soul is in a season of fall, it's fear. And let's just be honest about it. We're just scared. We're scared of letting go. We're scared of what we don't know. We're scared of the uncertain. We're scared of actually losing control. We're afraid that we won't have any longer what we once had before. And I know this season. I'm in a part, my soul's kind of got a foot in this season. My brother was in town this uh, last week, and so we got together and we were hanging out, sitting on the back porch talking about uh, the transition our family is in. My dad, as many of you know, had a stroke back in the spring, and uh, he is not who he was. And, um, you know, I just, we just, I wasn't even what we were talking about, but it just kind of came up in me. I said, you know, I really miss this. I really miss talking about this with dad. He's still here, but he's not who he was. And all the things I told him, like, all those things I used to argue with him about, and I was always right, (laughs) I miss that too. And so we're in this liminal space, the space between the no longer and the not yet in our family. And that can be scary. That can actually be really scary. Because fall is for letting go. That's what this season is for. It's for letting go. Again, a very, very scary thing for us to do, but we see it happen every year. Just as the trees have to let go of their leaves, so too we have to let go of things in our life that once were but are no longer of service to us or not what God is actually doing anymore in our life if we're ever going to experience what he has next for us. Maybe for you, you feel like, man, I'm just in this confusing, uncertain season of the soul that most resonates with fall. So I want to give you a question that you can take to God this week, a question that can help you actually live into the season that you're already in. And the question for fall is this, what do I need to let go of? 
What is it that I'm still holding on to that I just need to let go of? Or what has already gone or transitioned that I have not accepted yet? What am I fighting to hold on to? Because I can't walk into whatever it is that God may have for me next if I'm still trying to hold on to summer, if I'm still trying to go back to the last season and afraid to accept what actually is. Could it be that God is preparing you for something? Like tilling the soil, like pruning the branches back for something that you can't see yet, but that's what this season is for, is to just be present. Say, God, what do I need to let go of, of what once was, so that I can be fully present to what you have for me now and what's next? So that's fall. Does that make sense? So now let's talk for a little bit about winter. We have this beautiful illustration of winter. (laughs) Buckle up, because this is all you're going to be looking at for the next six to nine months. Um, (laughs) Winter, I'm going to take just a tiny bit longer to talk about this one because we don't talk about this enough. Uh, winter, actually, if there's a, a, an idea or a theme to it, it's that growth goes underground. Growth actually, now it's really important. Growth still happens. It just goes underground. Uh, quick question, because I know we have a ton of people here who love winter, and you love that about the Midwest. Uh, raise your hand if you, no, really, raise your hand if you love winter. You love the season of winter. Okay, again, follow-up question. What's wrong with you? What happened to you? Why? This makes no sense to me. I mean, the reason that some people actually around here love winter is because it's so unique and so different from all the other seasons. And I believe the reason we love summer and spring so much is because we earn it through winter. We pay our dues. I remember the first winter I had in Chicago. I grew up in California. I was working as a doorman on Lakeshore Drive in winter. No one prepared me. Where were you when I needed you? Because I'll never forget the moment. I can remember exactly where I was standing the first time my nose hairs froze. I'd gone my whole life up to that point not knowing that was possible, and now it's my reality. You know, you're familiar with the season of winter, right? All of us are familiar with it, obviously, as we experience it here in the city, but I think some of us are experiencing it right now in our lives. Winter is a season of quiet and of cold. The leaves have actually already gone. The birds have flown south. God has forsaken us. (laughs) I'm going to get every one of those in. Don't think that I'm not going to do that. But it doesn't mean that God's actually not moving. God is still moving. The growth is actually still possible. You just may not see it. It just may not look like it. Because what you know about winter is that every living thing is still growing. It's just growing underground. That roots are actually deepening and strengthening for the next season. That's actually what's happening in winter. And maybe that is where your soul is at right now. Maybe you've moved from a liminal space to a season of loss. From a time of letting go to a time of it being gone. From loss of a job, it could be anything. Death of a dream that you had that you thought your life was going to be like, to an unexpected ending to a relationship that mattered to you, to the passing of someone you love. You can have maybe right now in your... uh, struggle of this winter is you're just trying to start a family. I just got an email from someone this week. And for the last five years, they've struggled. They're just, they just want to start a family. And it feels like winter to them. And you know you're in winter when your heart is just heavy. And prayer is hard. And hope feels lost. 
Even showing up to a place like this takes about all that you've got. If that's what you're feeling or going through right now, you might be in a season of winter. All of us have faced, all of us will face, and some of us right now are facing a season of winter. I can say for Jeannie's family, for me and Jeannie's family, we're in that space right now with the loss of her brother, Andy. We're just in a season of winter. There is something that is just missing. It's gone. There's nothing we can do about it. And so we're just in this season of winter. And if there's a primary emotion that is wrapped up in winter, it's grief. And it should be. It's grief. It's that there are actually things that need to be grieved and mourned. Remember what we just read a minute ago in Ecclesiastes 3, 4? There is a time to cry, a time to mourn, and this is it. And maybe that's exactly what God is inviting you to do with him, that he actually wants to grieve with you, to mourn with you, to help you accept that the thing that once was no longer is, but that is not the actual end of the story. And here's what I've come to find out about the seasons of winter that my soul has gone through. The longer I fight my grief, the longer I deny this season, the longer it lasts. Because God's not going to give up on me and there's something that he wants to grow in me that simply may not grow in any other season. Underground. You may not even see it. I may not even see it for months or years to come. That's why this season is so important. And I just want to say to those of you who find yourself in a season of winter right now, a season of loss, of grieving right now in your soul, I want to say something really, really, really clear to you. Because there's a tendency that we have when winter comes around here in Chicago. When it gets cold, we like to pull in. We like to go in. And maybe right now, if your season is in the soul of winter, that's what you're tempted to do, to pull in relationally. You're already feeling lonely and alone, and you can double down on that by pulling away from relationships that matter to you. Listen to me. If you're in that season, you need people now more than ever before. Do not pull away. And if you know someone or love someone who's in the season of winter, do not pull away from them while they are in this season. They need you. We want to be the kind of church that, hurt, that hurts with those who are hurting, that grieves with those who are grieving, that mourns with those who are mourning, that when people show up and are feeling lonely, we stand with them. We don't try and fix them. We don't try and rescue them. We don't try and make them live in our season. We don't avoid them. We just go to them and we stay with them because winters can be hard and terribly lonely. And we need each other more than we know. And the last kind of thought on this is just this. For those of you who think that, man, I think that's me. My soul is in a season of, of winter right now, and it feels so overwhelming and so all-consuming, and you just want to know when it's going to end, and you're beginning to wonder if it ever will. I just want you to hear this. This chapter is not the end of your story. Listen to me. You may not believe this now. I'm going to say it, right? And so you may have to come back to it later, but I don't miss this. God didn't lead you here to leave you here. He's not done with you. He's not going to abandon... Y'all, can do better than that. That's, and listen, that's a truth that you need to cling to. God didn't lead me here to leave me here, to abandon me in the hour that I need him actually most, that he's actually with me and for me. He's a God who grieves, and maybe, maybe he's growing something in me that I just don't see, a deeper level of trust, a deeper level of compassion for others who grieve, 
a deeper level of love between me and him, dependence between me and him. I don't know. I just know that God is always growing us through this season. And in fact, there are things that can only grow in the season of winter. And so a reflection for you to consider if you find yourself in winter is this. How is God with me? How is God with me? Not is God with me. How is God with me in this season, here and now? How is he with me in this loss? How is he with me in this grief? He promised me that he'd be close to the brokenhearted and bind up all of my wounds. So God, how are you with me? How can I see little glimmers, little glimpses of of you in my everyday life to remind me that I am not alone and you have not led me here to leave me here? So how is it that God is with me in this season? So that's winter. Does that make sense? Spring. Let's talk about spring for a second. We love spring around here. It's one of the many gifts of living in the Midwest is that spring eventually comes. Winter only lasts four to to five to six months, and then eventually comes spring, and spring is a time where all things are new. All things are actually made new. Spring is a time for new life to emerge, for dreams and visions to come that are new for our lives. It's a new season, and everything in spring is green and alive and bursting forth, and the birds are actually chirping in the air, and people are wearing shorts way too soon. You've seen them. It's like 45 degrees, and we're still putting shorts on in March with Crocs because we can, because we earned it. That's what spring is for. It's a time of all things new, and maybe that's the season you find yourself in right now. You're growing thank God. You can see it. You can see new things. Like you can look at your life and go, I am not now who I was then. God is actually growing me. These habits and patterns are shifting and changing. I'm finding myself praying. I'm finding myself giving. I'm finding myself trusting God. I'm finding myself talking to people about God. Things are happening in my life. Or maybe it's just the start of a new job. Makes it like, oh, there's all this new. And and for the time being at your new job, you actually like all the people that you work with, right? Celebrate that. Maybe for you, there's a new relationship in your life. And you just, you know that feeling when there's a new relationship. Anything's possible. Or maybe for you that you're, you're newlyweds. And so you're kind of building your new family, your new home together. Or maybe there is a new uh, child, new baby in your home. And you just feel all that. Or a new puppy or a new kitten or whatever it is that brings you to that place of going, oh, this is actually a new season and a new day. And I love the way that uh, this idea is expressed because spring for me is really, if like, there's a primary emotion, it's joy and it should be. It's joy, celebration of new life. But there's just that excitement about it. I love the way that Bob Goff talks about joy. He says that joy is hope let off its leash. Isn't that a beautiful picture? Joy is hope, that thing that's just welling inside of us, let off its leash. And it just breaks forth into our lives and into the lives of others. And if you are in a season of spring, I just want to say something to you right now. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Live into it. There is no shame in your game. If you are growing, keep growing. Keep seeking God in this season. Enjoy spring. Mark every moment. Unleash hope in your everyday life. And a great thing for you to consider for those of us who are in a season of spring, great reflection maybe for you to consider, is this. What's the new thing that God is doing? Now, the reason I want to kind of draw that difference is that 
There are all kinds of maybe new things in your life that are circumstantial. New relationship, new job, all those kinds of things. And those are all great and powerful and important and maybe a part of the reason why your soul's in a season of spring. But I think the most important question is, what's the new thing God is doing? Is he birthing a new vision for my life? Maybe a new calling that God is giving me. A new direction, actually, for my life. A new level of faith that I've never had before. What is the thing that God is doing? The new thing that God is doing? And I don't want to miss it, because I may not see it like this in any other season. Spring reminds us that, that God makes all things new, including you and including me. And maybe your soul is in a season of, of spring right now. Well, we have one last season, then we're going to wrap up, and that's the season of summer. And this is my favorite season. We love summer here in this city. There is nothing like summer in this city. This city lives for summer. I mean, there's nothing like to quote the Reverend Kanye West, summertime shy. I mean, it is, it is a special thing. It's not, it's just, I've been around. Nothing quite like it. Summer is a time for rest and for replenishment and even for reflection. It's a time to slow down, to sit back, to soak in, and to enjoy. This is a time when we typically get away, and what happens when we get away? We get back to what actually matters most to us. That's the importance of the season of summer, and maybe that's where your soul is at right now. And if there's a primary emotion attached to the season of summer, I'd say it's gratitude. As you kind of, maybe there's, you know, less drama than normal. Maybe things have kind of settled in for a little bit in the season. You feel like your soul can take a breath. And I think the, the appropriate response is gratitude. Gratitude is the spiritual discipline of directing the good things in my life back to a good God. Directing all the good things as I kind of look across the landscape of my life and go, God, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's you. You are the one who brought that into my life. Thank you, God, for how you've provided for me. Thank you, God, for my people. Thank you, God, for my home. Thank you, God, for my job. Thank you, God, for my church. God, I want to redirect all the good things in my life back to you because you tell us every good and perfect gift actually comes from you. And so summer gives us a chance to be grateful for that, to not actually miss that in our lives. And the thing that I've found to be true of summer, and maybe you have too, is that it never feels long enough, does it? Every time I get to the end of a summer, I'm like, that's it? I need three more months of that. That's it. You can miss it. And the same thing can happen in your soul. You can miss the good things that God has done and is doing. And I just don't want you to miss it. And so if you find yourself kind of, your soul is in a little bit more of a settled space right now, then a great reflection question for you to consider is, what am I grateful to God for? What am I just grateful to God for? How can you choose to not miss God in this season, to actively reflect on who he is and how he's brought you here and what he actually has for you in this season, to enjoy it as well and to be grateful, to thank him for it? Because you never know how long this season will actually last. So why not rest in the goodness of a good God? These are the seasons of the soul, and each one of us is in one right now. No one here is not in a season of the soul. And you'll experience all of them over the course of the long game with God. And you'll come back to some, and you'll come back to them different than you were the last time that you experienced them. But what is most important for us to capture 
and not miss from the wisdom of Ecclesiastes 3 and from the idea of this metaphor is that God actually has something for you in the season you're in. I want you to get that. And I know that some seem more fun than others, but none is more important than another. And God is no more or no less present in one season than another. God actually has something for you in the season you are in. I am confident of that. So the only way to kind of be attentive to that is to know what season you're in. What season your soul is actually in. Because here's what I found over the course of you know, studying the Bible and being in a relationship with God for walking with God for some almost 40 years now. Here's what I found to be true about the way God works in my life. That God only works within the season that I'm in. God only works within the season that I'm in. Now I know there's some like Bible nerds here like, wait a second, I don't know if that's true. God is above time, beyond time. Yes, that's true. And yes, you can actually look back on God's faithfulness in your life. And yes, you can move forward built on the promises that God has actually given you. But here's what I found to be true, that God transforms me only in this now moment. That God, it's not just like, it's not just my past. God doesn't go into my past and magically fix it all and make it all better. God transforms me in the now to have a new perspective about my past, to see his faithfulness in my past. God isn't going to just work for me out here in the future, but what God does in this now moment is give me faith and hope and confidence that he'll be faithful to me then, just like he was then. God only works within the season that I am in, and so I better be present to the season that I'm in. Better be available to God in the season that I am in. Can we just all together agree to stop pretending like we're in some other season than we're actually in? Can we just, and especially for those who may be in fall or winter, you don't need to pretend like it's spring or summer. You don't need to be wearing flip-flops and board shorts and three feet of snow. You'll miss it. You don't need to. And... You don't need to try and get someone else to live into your season. Let them be in the season they're in. God has so much more for them in that season because that's the season he's working within. And can we just stop, can we just stop comparing our season to someone else's season? Can we just stop doing that? Like I know you have people in your life where it looks like God has a crush on them, like he's their favorite. And why do they keep getting all these opportunities? And why do they keep moving forward in life? And meanwhile, I've been stuck in winter for the last 10 years, right? Can we stop worrying about what other season people are in and be present to the one we're in? And then when we're with someone in that season, be present with them in the season that they are in. Not trying to compare, not trying to judge, just be present to the season that you are in. And stop worrying about what's going to come next. Stop worrying about when God's going to get you out of the season. He has so much that he wants to do in this season. He only works within the season that you are actually in. And I promise you this. God is faithful in every season. I can tell you that from my own life. I know there are folks here that would tell you that. Even in their darkest, most difficult season, God is faithful in every season. So will you be faithful to the season that you're in? Will you be faithful and say, I know this is a part of, it's not the end of my story, it's a part of a long game, but this is where I'm at right now, and so I want to be faithful and available to God in the season that I am in. 
You have no idea what God wants to do in this moment, in this season, in your life. And so what I wanted to do is just close this time by praying for you in the season that you're in. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to pray through the different seasons. And if you, like, let's, well, I'll start with fall, just so everyone knows where I'm starting. And if you feel like you're in that season of fall, transition, change, all I'm going to ask you to do when I pray for you in a second is just open up your hands. It's a posture we take all the time right now. Just open up your hands. God, I'm open to you. I'm open to this season. I'm available. And maybe if you're sitting with someone that you know and love and actually like they know you and you see their hands open, maybe you just put a hand on them. Let them know I'm with you in the season. I'm with you in the season. So whatever the season is, I'm going to ask you to open your hands. Now, I just want to say a little disclaimer. You're not in every season. Okay? <laughs> I know sometimes life can feel like that. Pick one, okay? Pick one. And my hunch is you already know which one. And I don't know how long you've been here, and I don't know how long you'll be here, but you're here today. So can you just pick one, and can I pray for you? Why don't we just close our eyes so we can just focus on God. And as I even just mentioned a minute ago, fall. If you're in a season of fall, would you open up your hands right now? You're in a season of transition change. Things, you're in that space, that no longer but not yet. God, I just I pray thank you, that you are faithful through every season, every twist and every turn and every change in our life, that you don't just see them as changes, God, but transitions that can lead to transformation. You have so much more in store for us, but this is a moment for letting go. And so, God, I pray for the courage for every one of my brothers and sisters here, everyone who's watching or listening online, I pray for the courage to trust you and let go. We cannot hold on to what you have next for us if we're still holding on to what once was. Thank you, God, that you have been faithful and you will be faithful even in these transitions. Now help us to have the courage to trust you and just let go. And if you feel like your soul is in a season of winter, why don't you open up your hands right now? I'm so glad that you're here. I just want to pray for you. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters. I know this season. I just pray, God, for a peace that passes all understanding that you would comfort us in our time of need, that you would hold us close in your arms and remind us that you are a God who grieves too. It breaks your heart when our hearts break. And so God, would you just give us enough strength for today? Give us a hope for tomorrow. And remind each and every one of us who are in a season of loss, of grief right now, God, that you are growing things underground that we may not even be able to name, see, or recognize. But in season, you will bring it to pass, God. And if you are in a season of spring where there is growth, a new life, I want you to open up your hands and own that, that your life is changing. You're seeing transformation changes in your life. And things are coming alive. I want to pray for you. And God, I pray that you would continue to pour out your spirit, that we would have new visions and new dreams. God, you give us new callings, new perspectives for our life, God, that we would not waste this season of growth, that we would partner with you as you are growing us. Thank you, God, that you do make all things new. And we celebrate that, God. We choose joy right now. We want to unleash our hope in you. Thank you for the season of spring that you have us in. And if you're in a season of summer, maybe things are a little bit more at rest and settled and you can look across your life right now and see how good God has been, then open up your hands if you're in a season of summer right now. 
I want to pray for you. God, thank you. That's all we just need to say right there. Thank you. You're so faithful. You've been so good. You are so good. You will be so good. And so, God, would you stir, Holy Spirit, would you stir our hearts to directing the good things in our life back to a good God? Help us to take stock this week of how good and how faithful you are, God. And I thank you for this season. We don't know how long it'll last, but we don't want to miss it. Thank you, God, that you have us in this season. And God, for all of us, whatever season we may be in, thank you, God, that you are faithful through every season and that we can come to you no matter what season we're in and find you in new and deep and refreshing and challenging and powerful ways in our lives. You welcome us to the table as we are. And God, you make us into who you created us to be. So thank you for your faithfulness in every season. It's in your name we pray. Amen.